Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ, and today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. This morning, if you've got your Bibles, your tablets, or phones, we're going to be looking at a scripture in Philippians chapter 3. Uh, we're talking in context of our theme about being created for community. And uh, looking forward to that international lunch coming up, or luncheon, um, so there'll be more information about that, but, um, and, and how you can get involved so that we don't all bring Mexican and we all bring something different, you know, so uh, it's going to be good. Um, but about belonging and just about being a, a place that we're created for community. It's going to be a little bit different today because I'm going to preach into sort of the, the current climate of what's been happening, especially in the last 24 hours. Can you grab my water bottle, please? I'll just grab a drink. Um, if you stayed up and watched the election last night. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll be encouraged this morning. Um, no matter what, <laughs> no matter what, no matter what, let's have a look at this scripture. Because, you know, what, the, the, what I really want to get across this morning is that we, um, we all belong here. We belong. We want to be a place where Christians belong, where people belong. Even if you're not a Christian, you can belong and not believe. But the reason we belong here is because we don't really belong here. You know what I mean in a minute. It says this, chapter 3, verse 17. Paul writing, Philippians. Where did he write Philippians from? Can somebody tell me? Good, I didn't actually know. I just wanted to know. No, not really, I did. Anyway, it says this. Join together, he says, in following my example, brothers and sisters. Notice the family, the community context. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So important what we look at. So important who we follow. So important the models in our life that we follow after. Verse 18, for as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, he writes this with emotion and passion, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set, they've got a mind set on earthly things. Verse 20, a key verse. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies, this is, here's some good news, so that we, they will be like his glorious body. The key word in this text is the word citizenship. The Greek word, which I can't even pronounce, politimia. I read this week, it could be where we get our English word politics from. And no matter what your political allegiances are here on earth, Paul is writing that, you know what, primarily you're a citizen of heaven. Primarily that is your spiritual address. I heard the true story many years ago. Uh, true story. It's an American story. So it's about American football. There was a local American football game. And when I say local, it still had 60,000 people at the crowd. And the stadium was packed. And the home team was playing the visitors. And they were really uh, um, hoping to beat the visiting team. Unfortunately, as the game started early in the start, it was, it was very clear the visiting team was overpowering the home team. And they were starting to get further and further behind. There was no chance of victory. True story, what was actually strange was all the supporters for the home team, all their cheering was getting louder the more they were losing. All their encouragement and, and screaming of victory was getting louder and louder that it was confusing the players on the home 
team, as they were losing by more and more, why is everyone's voices and cheering getting louder? And what was actually happening miles and miles away was not a local game, but a World Series game at another stadium. And these people had a lot of radios back then, it was in the 80s, and they were tuning in to a World Series game. And in that World Series game, they could hear their team winning and having victory over the opposition. And so what they were cheering and cheering is because they were actually cheering for another place. They knew what it was to cheer for a victory that was going on, even though in their present, it didn't look like victory. In their present, why? Because they were actually had their allegiances to something else that was more powerful than the problems they were going going through. Their citizenship, their, their, um, where they were looking from was a different place. And so it is the same today, was we live not from earth to heaven, but we live from a victory towards our present circumstances. We live from the eternal turned toward the temporal. And so there's a reason why you can come to church and sing and shout, and no matter who's in power, no matter what, your political allegiance and there's nothing like that. The economy's good in heaven. Everything's great, dear Eliza. It's beautiful up there. And it's the call of the Christian to realize where your citizenship truly lies. So you, we belong together in community all for the sole purpose that we don't really belong here on earth. We belong with God in heaven. See, the context of this scripture where Paul's writing uh, the, to the Philippians in Philippi, they were a Roman colony located hundreds of miles from Rome. So the Philippians would have no problem understanding the concept of being a citizen of a city far from where they were located. Being Roman citizens meant they had great privileges and great responsibilities. Who knows the saying, when in Rome? So when in Rome, is that saying that we get, isn't it? And so when we often live according to our circumstances on earth, when we should be saying, when in heaven? Live from heaven toward earth. It'll make more sense in a minute. Jesus put it this way in John 17, 15. He said, as he's praying for church, the church, he said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, catch this, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. This is where we get that saying, we are in the world, but not of the world. Jesus is saying, I don't want you to take them out because they need to be in the world because evangelism is just handing out invitations to a party that's out of this world. And they need to be in the world, but they can't be of the world. They need to realize that they've got a, a different place. Now, it wasn't always like this. The next slide there, the next scripture, Ephesians tells us this, that we were separate from Christ before becoming a Christian. You are excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. But now in Christ, you who were once, guys, is far away, have been brought near through the blood of Christ, have been brought into family, have been brought into a place of belonging, have been brought into community and relationship with God. Consequently, verse 19, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. That's the gospel. That's what we just celebrated as James led us around the elements, that, that we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, a new kingdom. You now are located under a new government, the government of heaven. You're now located under a new king, the king of kings. And that is your primary citizenship. Making sense? We're a part of a family that's out of this world. And you belong but together we really don't belong. We've sort of got dual citizenship. 
we're here on earth, but we've been redeemed for heaven. We've been redeemed for relationship eternally with God. Primarily, that's who you are. So I want to talk about what does it mean to live a life that is focused on out of this world? What does out of this world living look like? What does it look like to, to live toward earth from a heavenly perspective? I mean, you think about Paul. He, he's writing from jail. He's writing to the Philippians. And all through the book, he says, rejoice. And again, I say it again, rejoice. Why can he rejoice? Because he's tuning in to a station that's not in jail. He's tuning in to the victory that's in heaven. And he's hearing it, even though he's going through what he's going through. He's tuning in all through it. Rejoice. I say rejoice. Why would you rejoice, Paul? Because I'm listening and I'm a part of, I'm a citizen of a victory you, you, don't, you can't see. But it's real in here. It was real in his spirit and in his heart. The first thing, a couple of things about living this way is that we need to understand and be secure that the heavenly government never changes power. He is on the throne yesterday, today, and forever. He is our king and he changes. So no matter what changes around us, no matter what changes in our circumstances, where your security lies will be shown by how we respond to what goes around, on, around us. And he wants you to know his power never changes. Number two, his, his resources never run out. He's got strength for everything you need. Your spiritual account is full. There's nothing that God will not supply for you in his spiritual blessings. Jesus put it this way in the next slide. When he prayed, taught us to pray, he said, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Catch this on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying when you, when you come to God, first thing before you get into what you need, the first thing about even forgiveness of sins is pray for the kingdom, the will of God to be done around you on earth as it is in heaven. It's a powerful thought. He's saying pray from heaven toward earth. Heaven is not hurried or worried. Heaven is not in a stress or a mess. Heaven is perfect peace. Am I saying we should be experiencing totally all that stuff, heaven on earth right now, and we're all, you know, perfect bodies? Health? No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying I think we need to uh, be stretched in our faith and be challenged to go, do I need to raise my expectations? Do I need to change my prayers? Do I need to start praying the way Jesus prayed and actually think, no, no, in my life, Lord, as it is in heaven on earth, earth what does that look like for me Lord don't let me settle for second best and get to heaven and there I am with the Lord and he says oh this is all what we've had planned for your life and you're like oh wow if only I had trusted more believed more gone after that more I didn't realize I was a citizen of heaven I had all that access to me and he's saying I want you to realize you are citizens of heaven pray from heaven citizens of heaven number one realize a key thought is that they realize they're just passing through Here's the key thought, we're just passing through. You know that old song, this world is not my home? Thank you. I think it was John Starnes, wasn't it? This, I won't sing it. But um, I'm just a passing through. Paul knew this. Paul knew he was just passing through the prison when he wrote Philippians. He knew where his citizenship was and he wanted the Philippians to know too. He wanted them to realize that they're just passing through that we're visitors on earth, but we're eternal citizens in heaven. If you were to stay at a hotel and you were to unpack your suitcase and you're there for the weekend, it would be really strange if you went to the management and said, could we change the paint in here? 
I want to do some paint. And he looks back and says, you're just here for the weekend. But some of us live on earth as if it's a long-term stay when we're really just unpacking a suitcase and we're not going to be here for long. We're just a passing through. And there's having that mindset that realizes, I'm not saying we shouldn't have things and desire good things and, and all the things, the blessings of life and enjoy them. Yes, we should. But our heart should realize, but hey, I'm not holding on to things because I'm not taking anything with me. I'm holding on to my citizenship in heaven. That's where I really belong. That's the most important thing in my life. Don't get too comfortable. See, sometimes people, we're getting too comfortable on earth. And so what does too comfortable look like? It's when that everything that happens here means the be all and end all. And we're, not, we're living from earth towards heavens like this, uh, this, this hope to one day. Let me ask you a question. If you were to be called home with the Lord today, would you be looking forward to the place you're going or would you be more disappointed with what you're leaving? <laughs> and it's a bit of a test of our faith, isn't it? A bit of a test. Well, where is my heart? Uh, John put it this way in 1 John 2, 17, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Having your heart connected to doing the will of God, the eternal things that matter. How is it in your heart this morning? The world and its desires pass away. The word world, we could talk about in three ways. For God so loved the world. He loves people. That's the world we want to take with us. But then there's the world, the, the, um, the, the system, the cosmos that we're in and, and, and the evil things of the world, the, the pattern of this world, Paul puts it in Romans 12. Don't go with that pattern. There's a worldly pattern, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can live a different life, a heavenly-minded life. Number two, we're not just passing through, but number two, citizens of heaven realize that life is short. And priorities matter now. You know when you boil the kettle in the morning and you see that bit of vapor go up? That's what James says. He says, whereas do not you know what will happen to you, sorry, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? He said, it is even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. See, citizens matter now because this life is so short. And doesn't it seem the older you get, the quicker it goes? It's, just, it's like a, it speeds up or something. Uh, I love the, the quote that says, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. And as citizens of heaven, we want to make the most of the present. We want to make the most of the gift we have of today. And uh, Matthew, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus said this, Matthew 6, 19, he said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Wow. Where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Catch this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Again, I'm not saying we shouldn't have nice houses and things and cars or whatever and, and hobbies and things that, I, I think those blessings of God are great. We should enjoy everything and, and I think that's great. This is not about that. It's more about do you have things or do things have you? It's more about where your heart is connected, where your treasure is there, your heart is. And he's saying, wouldn't it be good if you were storing up treasures in heaven? What do treasures in heaven look like? They look like people. They look like people that were lost that are now found. They look like people that were in sin that are now sons and daughters of God. Heaven, treasures in heaven. You know, there's a, looks like mansions with names on and up there that are going to be there for eternity. Amen? 
treasures in heaven. How is it in your heart this morning? What will the dash on the tombstone say about your life? Just that small dash, what will it mean? When you're a citizen of heaven, it's just the beginning to step into eternity. In the Bible, death is just simply separation. It's the separation of your spirit from your body. You leave this tent and you're going to get a new one as Paul's looking forward to. But you just step in to the eternal. And that's where it really, really matters. And citizens of heaven are focused on that. Number three, citizens of heaven. The next point is they keep their eyes on what they need to here on earth. It says, he's, back to our key text, he says, join in my example. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. See, God is concerned about who his kids hang out with. As a dad, aren't you, as a mum, you, you want to know, who are my kids hanging around? Because who you hang with is who you become so often. And, God's, and, and Paul in this letter is like, make sure you're in good community. That's why we need to belong in community. That's why Christianity is not a, a, a solo sport. It's a team sport, so to speak. You need me, I need you, we need each other. That's why that's what we're focusing on in Kalamunda Church. We're on a journey of discovering who we are now and who God's called us to be in a sense, but we're doing it together. This is not my church. This is not your church. This is our church. This is our family. And God wants to do a special thing in the future in this family. But it's about saying, hey, let's do it together. Let's let God do his work in us. Let's imitate Christ in our lives. Who we attach ourselves to can really line us up for our eternal destiny. And what I mean by that is who we attach ourselves to, who we connect with is so important. Uh, and there's another sermon coming soon about that iron sharpening iron, about you can be a sharper you, you can be a more effective Christian by simply changing or committing more to certain relationships in your life. That is the truth. There's, other people have the potential on the inside of them to bring something out of you that you haven't even discovered yet. Some gold that's sharp, it's sharp and it's effective for the kingdom of God. Another point about this scripture, we see here that citizens of heaven have their minds set not on earthly things. Let me read that verse 18. It says, For I, as I've told you before, now with tears, Paul says in verse 19, sorry, he says, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. You see that? Their God is their stomach. Their God is their flesh. Their God is they, they're going after the temporal. They're going after things that are here and now that just satisfy me now. I want this. It's me, myself, and I. And, and, and they're self-focused. It says their glory is their shame, like they're not even repentant. They're, they're, they're enemies of the cross of Christ. And, but it says this, their mind is set on earthly things. And that's, this is the key about being a citizen of heaven. It's a mindset shift. It's changing the way we think. Have you ever heard that saying, oh, that person, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Have you ever heard that? I don't really, I just, I don't know about that anymore. I think really, we're probably so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good, really. As we used to say that about Spiro Christians, I, I don't know, I, I just think, you know, we, we need to be heavenly minded if we're going to be any earthly good. We need to have our, our, our mind renewed in such a way that we have our mindset on the things of heaven. We have a different perspective than other people. This is why in Ephesians, in chapter 2, it says that we are now seated with Christ in heavenly places. 
That's your spiritual address as a citizen of heaven, seated with Christ. Who knows that any location with a powerful view is always more expensive? Who knows that it'll add value to a property if it's got a fantastic view? Well, the view that Jesus died to give us, what it cost him, was that we now sit in heavenly places with him, with a view from heaven toward earth. We're seated with Christ. So when we pray, when we live, when we think, there's a practical outworking that, hey, I'm, living, I'm, I'm seeing this from an eternal perspective. I'm looking from where I'm seated, where I'm located. My real address as a citizen of heaven is seated with Christ in heavenly places. This would take a lot of worry and stress out of a lot of our lives if we just fell back on our spiritual address instead of what we're going through right now. If we tuned in to the victory that is ours in heavenly places. As the team come back up, I'm going to close off shortly and pray for us. But Colossians 3 says it this way, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. I want to challenge someone this morning. What is your heart set on this morning? Is it set on Christ? Is it set on Jesus? Is he, is he, the, is he the highlight of your life? When other things are this and that, you just come back to Jesus. And he is the number one. He is your passion. He is your love. He is first place. It says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated, seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2 in Colossians 3 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. See, it's a mindset. And God wants to challenge us this, challenge us this morning. It's, I don't, I, I, I'm not stressed about who anybody voted for. I think we should be passionate about things in our, in our government, for sure. We should get involved, absolutely. But hey, let's not forget, this is a simple message. Our primary citizenship is not on this earth. We are just passing through. We need to do all we can and be the best citizens of earth that we can, but it will only happen if we are first prioritizing that we are a citizen of heaven, that there are eternal things at stake. That's what drives us. That's what motivates us. It's a kingdom that is not passing away, that will be unshakable. And we set our minds on that and we keep it set. Notice Paul finishes this part of the passage and we eagerly await a Savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. And there comes that cloud. Because uh, someone once said, they said, Jesus isn't coming back. He's on the way. We should live ready. Paul's saying, we're expecting of a Savior to return. And when you're expecting someone to show up at your house, you know you've got to get ready. Sometimes you've got to clean some stuff up. And I'm not saying you've got to be perfect for Jesus to love you. But if He was to come back today, would you be excited or stressed? Would you be ready or would you be like, hang on? I'm not ready. And his heart is like, no, we're excited. I'm eagerly awaiting a Savior. Ready means, number one, a key thing what ready means is that you're not perfect. That's, that's for sure. None of us are. But ready means that you're honest enough and you have uh, know who you are, but you also know who you are and you've trusted in Jesus. Ready means that you have received Him as your Savior. Again, He doesn't wait for you to clean yourself up to come to Jesus. It's not like that. He does all that. He, he just says, look, I know you messed up. That's fine. Just come as you are. The Bible says He'll he will reject no one that will come to Him honestly and say, I'm a sinner in need of Savior, a Savior. You're the King. I need forgiveness. He'll reject no one. Ready means that you don't just have your name on a church role. You don't just have your name on a club role, but you have your name on a book that's called the Lamb's Book of Life. 
that your name has been written down in heaven. You are a citizen. See, that's, that's, the, that's the best place where Brad Patterson is written. His name, the best place my name is written is on no books of the earth or, or nothing like that or no trophy that I can get something engraved on or no title of pastor or no title of this or professor. Nothing beats the title of having your name registered in heaven in the Lamb's book of life. When he opens the book, you know because you've trusted in Jesus. That's where I belong. See, we belong, but we don't belong here. We're living for somewhere else and we're passing through and that's okay. And I don't know about you, but I've made up my mind, God, give me a heart. Give me a heart that is set on things above that wants to leave such a mark on this earth when I go to be with you that more people come to. Let's be that church, yeah? Would you stand with me and would you... Close your eyes if you're comfortable to do that. I'm going to pray a prayer. But maybe you're here this morning and your life is not right with God. You know that you are not saved. Your name is not written down in the book of life, the book of the Lamb's book of life. You're, you've never said yes to Jesus. You're here this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus and said, would you forgive me of my sin? And you want to do that this morning. Here's your opportunity right now as we're just in an attitude of prayer and closing your eyes. If that's you, you would like to pray a prayer to receive Jesus. I'm going to ask you just to come out to the front right now and I'm going to pray with you in, yeah, in front of everybody, just publicly just praying and saying, Jesus, because I'd hate to preach a message like this and not give an opportunity for you to come forward and say, would you pray with me, Brad? I want to respond to Jesus. If that's you, just come forward right now. Feel free to come down the front and I'll pray with you. If you've never done that, just love to give that opportunity. Lord, I just pray for us as a church, Lord, as we are living in this day and this time that we're so blessed to be alive. We've got so much to be thankful for in the natural, but even more in the spiritual. And so, Father, we just want to thank you this morning for where our citizenship lies. Lord, I want to pray for us as a church that what that means for us would outwork in us as a church family outwork in the way we live our lives, the way we do work, the way we do family, the way we do relationships. Lord, I pray for a a greater sense as we grow together, as as COVID blows through, as people come back, as, as we gather more and more, Lord, that there would be a sense of belonging to another family, the real family, the family of God, where everybody is welcome. Lord, I just want to pray for people here today that are maybe just this word has challenged them and we're more attached to some of the things of, the, of earth than we are to the purposes of heaven. We just, right now, Father, we just want to repent of that and say, Lord, I just turn from that. I just put you back as first place and king in my life. You can just do that in a heartbeat this morning. You just, repentance is just changing your mind, turning direction, saying, Lord, I just repent of that. that. That has been stealing my attention and I just repent and I turn towards you, Jesus. You are number Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you're with me. See, he's not angry. He's not upset. He just loves you. He just wants the best for you. So I just pray a blessing over us as a church, Father, a blessing over this coming week that we would walk with minds set on things above, not on things beneath. In Jesus' name, amen.